The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It is the Full Court Press. It is hour number two, 501, your kickoff time on a Tuesday, October 6th. Currently about uh, two, three weeks, actually three weeks away from uh, seeing our first Aggie football game as they get ready to take on the defending Mountain West Conference champs. That is the Boise State Broncos. That is in Boise, Idaho. It's a tough way to start off the season. And then your uh, second week deals with San Diego State Aztecs. That's, that's, that's hard. That's rough. But here we are anyways. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of the Godfather, 2776. I, I missed his text just before we cleaned up the hour uh, in the 4 o'clock hour. He says about the Godfather. It's a slow burn, but I've watched it recently and it holds up. And there will be many times where you go, oh, that's where that's from. I can guarantee you he is 100% right. Because I've heard so many references, even on like movies or TV shows, I'll hear this reference and I'm like, why are you quoting The Godfather? And I'll be like, dude, what is this Godfather thing, man? The only Godfather I ever knew was in WWF. He was a wrestler. So I, I've never, and then I guess it was like Godfather's Pizza or something like that. Yeah, there was a Godfather's Pizza. I don't know if it's still around. I mean, that's yeah. So I I need to go see two seven seven six is right. I need to I need to go watch it just just because DJ and PK actually have uh, ditched me as their friend forever and ever because I've never seen the Godfather. <laughs> so that was quite disappointing. That's the me. only reason. Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think. Me and PK ever didn't like. We never really conversed a lot. I think the one time we conversed, like really had a conversation. We were having dinner at Gordon Monson's house, and we were just, you know, and his wife and his wife is an absolute sweetheart. And so we were kind of having a conversation, her and I were, and he would chip in every now and then, like, holy crap, he's not a robot. <laughs> and and like honestly, it was just amazing. And then uh um one morning I had to go engineer one of their shows, DJ and PK, and uh PK was done with his apple. I thought he was done. And so I took the pill from him. He's like, What were you taking that to? And I'm like, Do you want to eat this? And he said, no, I just like the smell of banana pills. I don't know if he was being, like, fake about it or what, but he was straight-faced. It was 6.30 in the morning, and I didn't have time to deal with his crap, so I just left it right there and didn't even touch it. Uh, but PK's the best. I miss that guy dearly. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I need to go see The Godfather. Thank you, 2776, for, for making sure uh, that I knew what I was getting myself into. I'm excited to go see that now. Uh, Eric, NBA Finals, Game 4. Heat Lakers, two to one series right now. Uh, tonight's game starts at seven o'clock Mountain Time. Lakers are favored by seven uh, on the dot. Uh, Jimmy Butler in Game Three just has himself a night. Uh, Miami beats Los Angeles one fifteen one o four. They get Bam Bam back. He is playing yeah, he's tonight. Planning to play. Goran Dragic. He's, he's officially gonna... listed as questionable, but he is planning to play. Goran Dragic's a different situation. He's going to go through warm-ups, uh, a little pre-test, and see how he feels. If he feel like, if he feels like he can get through it, he's going to play. We don't. I I know he'll be on a minutes restriction. I don't know if he starts, but he's going to try and give it a go. How much of a difference does that make, even with a I'm going to say 60% healthy, if that Goran Dragic, and a 80% healthy, if that Bam Bam for the Heat, Eric. Yeah, I think it's a big thing to have Bam Adebayo back. Uh, Miami has been playing more. Myers, uh, Miles Leonard, 
Um, they've been playing some more Kelly Olynyk than they've played most of the postseason. Uh, but really, it, it paid off in a big way in Game 3. Can that continue to pay off in Game 4? Uh, I think that Bam Adebayo needs to be a part of Miami's rotation if they want a chance to win this series. Uh, just because of all the things he does offensively and defensively, just to give them some more, uh, some more weapons and more options. So if if he is able to go, I think that's a big thing. I I wonder though how much that that might mess with the magic that worked in Game Three. But Jimmy Butler can't do that every game. He's not that type of player. Uh, so he's going to need that team's going to need other guys to step up and Bam's going to be a nice addition to that Miami Heat squad to help them. As you mentioned Butler ends up getting his first career playoff triple double with 40 13 and 11 and uh, you know I I'm, I don't think he can get a triple double. I think he's honestly he has the ability to score like that when he wants to. Um and I but I but you know like if Bam Bam and Drogic were not playing, then of course all eyes would be on Butler in regard to the Lakers defense. With Bam Bam on the court, it gives him a chance to spread the court a little bit more. Maybe Tyler Hero can catch free a few more times. He's been, as you mentioned the other day, so well guarded by the Lakers. I mean, they're not letting him hide behind a screen, hide behind a pick, or hide behind in the corner. They're keeping really good eyes on him thus far. I've been actually really impressed with it. Uh, but uh, again, Bam Bam being on the court, like you said, really does help for the Lakers. Eric, they got to improve the turnover situation. It wasn't great in Game One. They got away with it in Game Two, but Game Three, it really bit them in the butt. Uh, they they had a, uh, in fact, they uh, they had one more than they had total in Game Two, uh, just in the first quarter of Game Three. So again, turnovers have been an issue. Danny Green's been a big problem with that. Um, Rondo has been okay. He's had his moments. But really, it's, it's got to be the perimeter guys got to take care of the ball better, including LeBron James. Including LeBron James. Yeah, he had like, what, eight or nine turnovers alone. And really, just the, the foul trouble with Anthony Davis. You know, how aggressive is he going to be, especially when it comes down to the stretch? Because he shied away from opportunities late in the game. And uh, uh, that's, you know, they're not going to win this, this uh, championship if, if he's going to shy away. Uh, if he plays like he's has played in a couple other games, well, in games one and two, or like uh, how we played against Denver, they'll be fine. Uh, but uh, if he gets in foul trouble again and shies away and doesn't force the issue, because he's talented enough that he can force the issue and it still works in his favor. Um, but if it's if he's going to be in foul trouble and uh, and and wilt, then it's going to be hard for LA to 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 stay in it. Uh, the Lakers did not last lost back to back postseason games yet in the bubble thus far, uh, but this this Heat team can catch no pun intended fire really really quickly, especially with their shooting. It takes one guy and the rest of the team falls in line. With the help of Bam Bam being on the court, with the help of a of a calm point guard, experienced point guard like Drogic being on the floor. Uh, you expect to see a lot of confidence and expect an early punch from the Miami Heat coming out of the gates here in Game 3. The question is, is how long can the Heat hold on? Because you know, Eric, that offensively the Lakers aren't going to be held down like they were in Game 3. It's going to come back. They're going to catch rhythm. And if they can, uh, if the Heat can withstand that punch, which they're going to get, the heavy maker from them, boy, this series could be tied up going into uh, Thursday night. Well, and what will uh, the Lakers do 
to Miami, what Miami was able to do to them in Game 3. Will they force the issue? Will they attack Miami, try to get them into foul trouble, try to force them to make some tough shots, uh, tough decisions, I should say, uh, when the Lakers are attacking the rim, attacking the basket? Um, because they have the height, they have the size to be able to do that, but there has been some inconsistencies with the, the shooters for, for Los Angeles. Kyle Kuzma has had some games lately where he's played pretty well. Um, but he's been inconsistent. So uh, tonight, I think it's all about what does Anthony Davis look like? Does What kind of player is he going to be? Uh, and does he start off strong and then fade in the second half? Or does he is able to sustain really great play throughout the game? That's always kind of been his knock. And I think LeBron has really molded him and got after him in a positive way to keep that intensity for the full time that he's in the game. But there have been a few instances here in the postseason where Davis has started strong, but then has faded. Uh, and so, will he? Will LeBron James let him get away with that tonight? And then, what will the the, the role players for Miami do? Now, Kelly Olynyk's been great off the bench. Uh, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, uh, you know uh, Kendrick Nunn. I mean, who's these these other role players who we haven't really seen a lot of? getting some expanded minutes and expanded opportunities as this Miami team is trying to find the right collection of guys to compete. So uh, there's been, you know, we saw a couple different guys that have played really well. Can that be sustained or were those just one-off nights for these guys? All right, give me three keys for the Lakers. I'll give you three keys for the Heat. Actually, no, give me three keys and you can either split between Lakers and Heat and then give me a prediction for tonight's game. Well, I, I think for the Lakers, the key is and has been most of the time for this uh, for their success is how well they rebound. How much? How well do they control the boards? Uh, second chance opportunities for themselves, taking those away for their opponents. Uh, they have the size to be able to do it. Uh, will they be able to do that in uh, in Game Four? Uh, in Game Three, um, it was uh, they still out rebounded the Heat. 43 to 37, but it was the offensive rebounds that really stood out to me. They um, they had 11 offensive rebounds, and if I, they can do a better job of snagging those and giving themselves more possessions, more opportunities, that'll be a big key for them. And for me, the Heave got to find a way to get Tyler Hero going. Once he gets going, it becomes a very hard team to stop because, like I said, everyone gets that space that they need. Tyler Hero needs that space. Even if Bam Bam's going to play limited minutes tonight, he's got to be effective and productive. If you go out there and lay an egg and be flat, it was just no worth having you out there in the first place. And then third, they got to continue to find a way. Like you said, they got to find a way to uh, keep Anthony Davis down. Limit everything he does. Limit touches, limit points. Put him into foul trouble if you can. Um, whatever you can do to keep this guy quiet is going to really help you because if he gets quiet emotionally and mentally, it almost seems like he checks out and he just says, you know, it's just not my night. I'll be ready for the next game. Uh, and that's the last thing that LeBron James needs. And then the key for the Lakers, don't leave the court with 10 seconds left. <laughs> Stay on the court. Play a, play a full all the way through a game. Yeah. Uh, I think another key for Los Angeles would be guard play. Um, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, only five points. Danny Green, only two points. Rajon Rondo, only four points. So uh, that guard play has to be much better for L.A. 
to 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 be in this one. Now, Miami with Goran Dragic out, they didn't really have a true point guard. So there, it's a team initiated offense. Everybody's helping each other. The ball slinging around. Um, so they they can have a bit of a size advantage there that they're trying to take it take uh, uh, in their advantage. So uh, I think guard play could be another interesting key in this one tonight. Uh, what's your prediction? Um, I think that uh, I, I think that with Bam Adebayo coming back, that'll help Miami. But in the end, I think it'll be L.A. with a big chip on their shoulder. They don't want to get this series evened up. Uh, I think LeBron and Anthony Davis especially are going to come out angry and motivated. And so I think it'll be L.A., but I think it'll be close. I think it'll be Los Angeles by five. So the under then of seven. All right, yeah, I'm with you. I actually think that the Lakers do beat the Heat, but I think it's a back-and-forth game. In the end, I think free throws do matter. Uh, and I like the Lakers. I like them by six. Um, again, the refs just need to stay the heck out of the way. I think that's a, that's a big thing for me as well. Let the players decide the game, not the referees. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to get into the Monday night football game. Last night, my Patriots lose because of the referees. Tony Cornette is the uh, Angel Hernandez of baseball football. He is the Dick Bavetta of football. Because he can't keep his hands out of the cookie jar. What a horrible call. Did you see this game last night, Patriots and Chiefs? I honestly, I did not see the game. Uh, one of the greatest, I, So I can't really comment on it. One of the greatest performing uh, coaching performances done by, by Bill Belichick. They start Brian Hoyer, uh, and then Brian Hoyer just flat out sucks. In so much, Eric, with no timeouts left, he holds on to the ball for three more seconds than he needed to, takes a sack, looks to the ref to call a timeout, realizes he doesn't have a timeout, they have to eat the clock, and they don't get any points out of it. Uh, their defense is phenomenal all night long. They put Jared That was the Stidham. end of the first half? Yep. Then they put Jared I heard there was Stidham a lot of controversy with oh, dude, it was some so of Hoyer's decision-making. And then they put Jared Stidham in. The rookie ends up playing pretty well. You know, you throw a kid who hasn't been even dressing for the first three weeks and say, hey, you're going to play right now against 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 the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. Go get him. Uh, I, he was all right. He didn't make a – I mean, there's a couple reads that he probably shouldn't have made uh, out of the two picks. One of them went right through Julian Edelman's hands, uh, and Butterfingers couldn't catch it because it wasn't thrown from his BFFL Tom Brady, so he didn't try. Uh, but, again, I, I just – the Patriots with Cam Newton would have beat the Chiefs. That's how big of a difference Cam Newton makes. Uh, I, I thought Patrick Mahomes was mediocre. Uh, I don't yes. know if I'd say oh, that. On, it would have made it defense, more interesting. No, the defense was great last night. It was 6-3 to three in the third quarter. You're telling me Cam Newton couldn't score more than three points and he would actually recognize the clock situation going into the half? Score the th- halftime or even at the end of the third quarter isn't as important as the final score. And this Chiefs team no, but it is because has you would a history have, of you rallying have, back. Oh, come on. Jeez, come on. Just because they beat Billy O'Brien and the Texans in a playoff game because Billy O'Brien screwed them over. That's not the only team tell they came back lot. and beat. That doesn't matter. It's not the only team. Okay. They, have a, they have a history of coming back and pouring it on in the in the second half. Really? Really? So, okay, Billy O'Brien and the Texans, who else do you got? What, the Niners and the uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo? Kyle Shanahan was really bad in the Super Bowl. He got conservative when he didn't need to. Uh, he made bad decision-making. 
So again, that's more blame on the Niners than it is credit to the Chiefs. Right. Let's let's blame the opponents and not give Absolutely. credit no, to you, Kansas City. No, you do City. on this situation. <laughs> Cam Newton at the end of the half would have got points out of that drive. He would have realized the situation and he would have got points. So you're looking at a six-six game going in to the second half. Cam Newton's a better quarterback by far and away, as we found out last night. They beat the Chiefs. And again, this is just one of those things where, and look, the Seahawks, the Seahawks were better than the Patriots. Absolutely better. This one, the Patriots were better than the Chiefs, but their starting quarterbacks and bad refing allowed this game to go to Kansas City. It's And, and that's extremely unfortunate. Uh, other than that, uh, the uh, Packers and Falcons last night was an absolute doozy of a football game. Aaron Rodgers has just been on fire, Dude, though. Is he Can just, you give him? We need to give him credit for how he has started this year. All the talk about, uh, you know, is there a target on his back? Uh, this franchise didn't do enough to get the talent around him in the draft. They had opportunities to get better, and said they they drafted for the future. But this guy's out there slinging the ball around, and he looks like he's having fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's making these guys who not very many people remember or even have heard of, and looking like. These are really great wide receivers. Even when Devontae Adams started out really strong, now he's hurt. Is one of the top running backs in the in this young season is was out. Yeah, doesn't matter. They still find ways to move the ball around and, and score touchdowns. Do you think? I know this sounds a little bit odd, but all the talk, like you mentioned before the season started, of Jordan Love being that draft. They're waiting to kind of wade Aaron out of the pitcher in Green Bay and allow Jordan Love to step in. All that talk fired him up where he's like, well, I'm going to go show you now. We're going to throw the ball a bunch of times. We're going to put up a bunch of points on the board, and you're going to look at me and say it's because of him. Do you feel like that might be the case here in Lambeau? I think there's a little bit of that. I think that there's more time with him and Matt LaFleur being on the same page. Uh, and They were a good team last year, and uh, some people speculated that might be just a – a one-off, and as people start to realize who Matt LaFleur is, what kind of coach he is, how he calls the game, they'll start to figure him out a little bit. But they seem to have a really good connection, and uh, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's having fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely And I true. think that's the big thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting. People are kind of wondering, hey, is, is it Mike McCarthy or is it Aaron Rodgers with the issues? Well, Mike McCarthy right now he can't buy a break in Dallas, and he's already on the hot seat early in the season. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is looking like MVP Aaron Rodgers, and that is just yes. scary for the rest of the NFC. Uh, 2776 texted in, uh, Chiefs aren't great at comebacks, he asked. Is this bad take Wednesday? <laughs> bad take Wednesday's tomorrow. Eric's got plenty of them. It'll also be <laughs> what it will also be what went wrong Wednesday, and we'll get to what went wrong, uh, a moment, a play, a game, uh, whatever it is. Bad take Wednesday, what went wrong Wednesday, all coming up tomorrow. Can't wait to get to that. Meanwhile, coming up here in our next segment, Mr. John Harwell was on our show yesterday, had a lot of great things to point out. We're going to kind of recap some of our highlights and things that he pointed out. Uh, and then we'll get to Broke our st- some news. Yep. We'll get to our stat and player that blew our mind later in the hour and uh, recap 
uh, what's going on in the MLB playoffs and baseball. So coming up on the Full Court Press on The Fan. The Logan Gift Show is now accepting applications for the 2020 show. This year's gift show is November 6th and 7th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. We would love to have your creative, unique, festive, and one-of-a-kind gift ideas. It's all about fun, style, and quality. Amazing food, demonstrations, ideas, and your business will help deliver a gift show to remember. Visit with thousands of people looking for gift ideas and fun holiday cheer. Go to LoganGiftShow.com. That's LoganGiftShow.com. For details or call 752-1390 for more information. Sponsored by the Cash Valley Media Group. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Why buy from Daryl's? Lowest price guarantee. With our new digital price tags, which are updated daily, we check the internet to make sure we're the lowest price available. Test us. We dare you. Nobody's prices are lower. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Well, I was driving across town when my car got down, started lurching and trying to die. Well, luckily there was a shop, and when it struggled to a stop, a nice fella met me right outside. I said, man, something's wrong. What the heck is going on? He said, I tell you this, I got no doubt. You just relax, and don't you worry. We can fix it in a hurry, because your car is what we're all about. At Cash Valley Auto Care, all the experts are under one roof. So if it's not running right, chances are we can fix it. Cash Valley Auto Care, behind Home Depot on 200 East, 1175 North. The State of Utah's Wood Stove and Fireplace Changeout Program is back. Advanced Fireplace and Stove says let the government foot the bill. Up to $3,800 towards your new Heating Glow Gas Inserter Fireplace. Registration begins November 4th. This is the final changeout opportunity for 2020. Live in Idaho? We'll help you navigate that program, too. Replace yours with a Quadrifier Pellet or Wood Stove. Advanced Fireplace and Stove. Call us at 435-752-7272 or find us on Facebook or at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvison. John Hartwell, he's the Director of Athletics for Utah State University. Yes, we are going to have fans. Our plan was laid out today to our COVID Task Force Risk Committee with looking at a total capacity of about 5,500. Got to have the social distancing, got to have masks to come in, provide that information of, of how that impacts current season ticket holders in the coming days this week. Weekdays from 4 to 6. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. 5.23, your time here on the Full Court Press on Tuesday, October 6th. Eric France and LJ Salveson, thanks for joining us on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and 1069thefan.com. Speaking of which, that 1069thefan.com website also has the latest, uh, or I guess yesterday's interview with Mr. John Hartwell, uh, the athletics director uh, for Utah State University, uh, in the middle of a pandemic uh, and getting ready for football season. We hit with Mr. Hartwell on the on several topics. Of course, as you heard about the fans, uh, you heard about uh, a little bit about football scheduling. You heard about basketball, uh, so on and so forth. And so we want to recap some of the highlights uh, that Eric and I had. And I, I got a chance to re-listen to it this morning because when you're in the middle of an interview, you're not really li- um, you were listening, but you don't catch everything uh, that's being said. Sometimes there's just missed bites that you might have you know you might have skipped over or whatever. Um, but so I had a chance to listen to this morning, and it's really really good interview. 
Uh, appreciate everybody promoting the interview as well, tweeting it out. It was not on KVNU. It was on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan fills people in Salt Lake City who might have. That's where the news broke. Just misunderstood. I mean, it's part of the family here, so it's okay that they sure, get some credit. But, yeah, but, but I don't want someone going to KVNU and hearing Jay Swims. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, I believe that, you know, this, this debate's going to be really interesting. To no, no no one gives a crap. If, you, uh, if you're going to Mr. Hartwell, you want to listen to Mr. Hartwell. Get the station right. It's not hard. That's just me. All right, uh, enough, enough of me, enough of me whining and complaining. Eric, uh, give me some of your. In fact, uh, I was gonna look here. Uh, you asked about the BYU scheduling. Uh, if is it okay if I play this bite really quickly? Yeah, I've I've gotten that question a lot. Like, how come Boise State can get BYU on their schedule, and how come San Diego State can get BYU on their schedule? Why isn't? Why aren't they on Utah State's schedule? Yeah, it, it's worked out where, again, uh, San Diego State had to be away that weekend, and it just didn't work out for us. Uh, the other key there is uh, that earlier date, the one in November, uh, was, uh, you know, that was already scheduled uh, for, for Boise to host BYU, and that's important for us as a league because, obviously, if it's a home game for a Mountain West uh, school the Mountain West retains that tele- television revenue. It's part of our TV uh, contract. Whereas if a game's at BYU, it's you know it's part of their ESPN contract. So trying to get uh, the game, you know, it's more advantageous for us at the end of the day uh, for Boise to have that home game. That's uh, that's actually a great answer, and it makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, you know, based on the way the Boise schedule opened up, based on the way that San Diego State's uh, o- had opened up, uh, and there's you know there's open slots for BYU to get into, uh, it makes complete sense. And in, in fact, if you know if you're a non Aggie fan, if you're a non Boise State, non BYU fan, or even if you're a Boise State or a BYU fan, that's a game you're definitely looking forward to. Two high profile G5 teams gonna slug it out. Yeah, I mean, yes, it would be nice to have BYU on the on the schedule in addition to what they have, what the Aggies have in the conference. But honestly, uh, I think it, Aggie fans have to feel like it's more important to play conference games. That's why you're in a conference. I know there's a lot of fans who love the historic rivalry and what it means in the state and the, the smack talk and recruiting. It means a lot. It does. I don't mean to take away from that Utah State-BYU rivalry. But at the, at the end of the day, what's more important, that one game or eight conference games and a chance to win a conference title? Mount West, Pre, uh, Mount West Conference, also in the press release, talked about Thursday-Friday games and the possibility of, of what uh, you know several teams could have Thursday-Friday games, and so we asked Mr. Hartwell about that. They're working through those right now. Um, you know, we should know by Wednesday or Thursday most of those. And, and I would just say it's probably a good bet. And who knows whether home or away or maybe one or so of each uh, that, that we could have such games because here, here's the deal. So um, there are 46 games in the Mountain West inventory. So uh, eight weeks of games times six weeks. Uh, that's 48 games minus the two that we talked about. Uh, Air Force is at uh, Air Force is at Army, so that game is not in the Mountain West inventory. Nor is the San Diego State at BYU game in there. So 46 games. The first week's games 
those will all be Saturday games because by NCAA regulation, everybody had to have 29 practice days from the announcement being made by the league. So that weekend of October 24th, we can't have any Thursday or Friday games. So you subtract those six, that leaves you an inventory of 40 games. Out of those 40 games remaining, I believe 18 of those will either be Thursday or Friday night games. Sorry, that cut off on me. I apologize. Uh, so he believes that there will be a Thursday or Friday night game. There might even be multiple based on scheduling matchups, and, and there's also the TV network situation uh, of who's going to broadcast the game and such. Uh, do you think fan attendance, or I guess, because we're going to, we'll get to the fan attendance in just a moment, um, but you, do you think the interest of going to a game? will change if it's on a Thursday or Friday instead of a Saturday, Eric? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, they okay. won't be competing with high school football at that point. Um, I, I, I think that your uh, games that will be on will be limited in other sports. NBA will have been, winding, have been over. Major League Baseball, mostly over. Uh, as things start to come... Back into normal <laughs> college football will be the the main thing going on, and so uh, if it's a Thursday or a Friday night game, I think Aggie fans should be excited about that because you're going to own the night. Well, and then you get your Saturdays off. You and I get our Saturdays off, which would be wonderful. Watch college football <laughs> all day, so I'm definitely okay with a Thursday or Friday game. It's six or seven o'clock. Yeah, purely uh, for yeah personal and uh, je- uh, uh, reasons for. Uh, just selfish reasons? Yeah, I'd be, I'm happy with that. The question that Aggie Nation wanted to know was asked by Eric, and the answer that Aggie Nation was begging to hear and that started trending around the state of Utah was the fan question. Will we have fans, Mr. Hartwell? Yeah, so let, let me answer the question up front and say, yes, we are going to have fans. Uh, as of today, we are one of only four schools in the Mountain West that are going to have fans at all. Uh, Wyoming's plan is to have uh, just under 7,000. Uh, UNLV playing in the Raiders' new stadium there. Their plan is to have uh, 6,500. And uh, University of Nevada at Reno's plan is to have 2,200. Uh, for us, uh, and, and in fact, uh, our uh, – our plan was laid out today to our COVID uh, task force risk committee today, um, and, and we're moving forward hopefully tomorrow uh, with looking at a, at a total capacity of, uh, of about 5,500. So um, once we get that going, once we get that go ahead, we kind of have. Uh, that mapped out, and, and again, uh, got to have the social distancing, got to have masks to come in. Um, so uh, we, as I know, we, we've got a lot of listeners out there. Um, you know, we we will uh, provide that information of, of how that impacts uh, current season ticket holders uh, here in, in the coming days this week. 
So again, 5,500 fans will be able to attend to a football game. The question was then later on asked about basketball. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, and in regards of prioritizing what fans or how they're going to allow fans, uh, season ticket holders, students, yada yada, and so on and so forth to attend is uh, still being discussed. The number of 5,500, surprising? Was that your, like, did you expect higher or lower going in with this whole fan announcement? Well, so the uh, football stadium can seat, what, 25,000? Yeah. So I've said 50, 20, and you looked at me weird. I've said 19, you looked at me weird, and so I don't know. You tell me. Uh, last I heard, it was 25,000. Okay, sounds good. Um, the, you know, so what? that's 20%-ish. And that's twenty to twenty five percent seems to be a pretty common percentage, because that gives enough space for people to spread out in an arena. That's about all you can do in an outdoor arena. So, um, great. Uh, <laughs> for in some years, that's what you get anyway in late November in a bad season. Let's hopefully you know. I'm not saying that's always the case, but. Um, they're going to be playing games in late November and early December. Uh, that's probably best you could ask for. Uh, again, Boise State was thinking they were going to have fans, but according to Mr. Hartwell, the announcement when he was talking about that with the, you know on the Mount West Conference phone call, it's going to be UNLV, which is surprising because the Raiders won't allow fans at their games, but UNLV Rebels will. Uh, Wyoming and Nevada. Are the two others, or me, or UNLV, Wyoming, and Nevada are the three others, along with Utah State. So Boise State won't. That is a big deal when you're going to Boise State playing on the on the Smurf turf. I honestly think there's an advantage. They have of great fans. No fans. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're rabid. They're awesome. They really, really get are. Into it. Yeah, they are absolutely awesome. I think that's a huge advantage of not having the fans there at that game. I seriously do. There's if there's a slivering of hope that we can actually go there and beat Boise State, I think that's one of them. That they're going to have no fans. It's a neutral, not a neutral field game because it's freaking blue. So, I don't know. Yeah. But that's another argument for another day. But, uh, again, no, you don't have to worry about, like, having cadence and signals and such. It's just you can hear them. You can hear each other from across the field. It'll be really nice for these for these uh, Aggies when they're playing over in Boise. Just line up and I see who's the better I am absolutely okay with that, man. I'm yeah. thrilled by it. Uh, I think this is my basketball question. I'm going to make sure here. We're going to listen to the next question right after the fans' question to see what question I had. Mr. Hartwell, how about the basketball schedule? Do we have any further information of when that could be released? And and uh, will we have any home games? And I get the same question of will we have fans at the Spectrum? Yeah, so so good question, Zajay. Uh, we, again, from, from the information we got on our uh, – Mountain West 80s call this afternoon should have both a men's and women's uh, basketball schedule as it relates to the league schedule uh, here before the end of the week. Um, we, we do have some non-conference things we're trying to finalize. As I think you guys had mentioned, uh, the NCAA moved back the start of uh, the starting date of competition uh, about 15 days from November the 10th to November 25th. So there are some things that we are reshuffling in there amongst those on the men's side. Um, you know, it was, uh, was the ESPN hosted tournament in, in Myrtle Beach, which has now, uh, now been pushed back in dates and it's actually being totally redone. Looks like, uh, we will end up going to 
Orlando to play in a bubble there. ESPN is con- combining several of their events there, so still trying to work through the dates there. Um, as you guys may have known, you know, we were scheduled to have BYU at home on December 5th, St. Mary's at home on December 12th, still working on, you know, it's, it's a pretty intricate puzzle trying to salvage as many of those non-conference games as we can uh, after having 15 days chopped off the schedule. So trying to put those pieces together, but we sh- should have, um, you know, pretty good indication uh, by the end of the week on, on all of that and release, you know, the information that we can. Again, uh, the basketball schedule, just like the football schedule, is subject to TV date. So uh, the base schedule that will come out uh, will be uh, a Tuesday-Friday format for men's basketball, uh, but that's before any of the TV picks are done. And I have a feeling quite a few of our games will be picked for TV, so those those may have uh, some dates moved there as well. And, and to the final part of your question there, yes, we will have fans in the spectrum. Uh, still trying to work through those numbers. A little more restrictive uh, because, obviously, uh, the, the risk of spread uh, of the virus is, is uh, higher in enclosed or indoor facilities than it is outdoor we're just trying to see what that number is. And the other component there is, you know, with, uh, with basically class going online at Utah State after uh, Thanksgiving break, you know, a large portion of our a little more restrictive uh, because obviously uh, the, the risk of spread uh, of the virus is, is uh, higher in enclosed or indoor facilities than it is outdoor. We're just trying to see what that number is. And the other component there is, you know, with, uh, with basically class going online at Utah State after uh, Thanksgiving break, you know, a large portion of our students won't be on campus from uh, Friday, November, I think it's the 20th, uh, somewhere in there, Friday, November 20th, uh, all the way up uh, until January 19th, which is the day after Martin Luther King Day. So you've got almost two months without students on campus, and so we're trying to figure out uh, how we account for that to try, again, uh, trying to, to let as many fans in as we can, as many of our season ticket holders as we can. But, but quite frankly, this is going to be an unusual year where, uh, where you know, we, we can't have, uh, you know, 10,300 people in their capacity of the spectrum. And, and quite frankly, you know, our, our number may be down somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 10 to 15 to 20% of that in an indoor building. So we're trying to trying to work through that as well. And we apologize for the stoppages. That's the computer. It's not Mr. Hartwell. I promise you that. So we so apologize again. Uh, 10% three- in, the, in the spectrum, it's 1,000 fans. That's not very many. No, that's not. Uh, and it, if the students are gone for those you know, end of November, all of December, and a chunk of, of January, do they turn over those tickets to the general public? Some more... More locals can go to those games, and then what happens when the students come back? 
Yeah, that's a good question. And in you know, nine three one five text in, he says maybe the number of fans can increase as they play games and understand the COVID. Let's hope so. Yeah, well, I mean, and and the final part to me, that final line is where I'm like, I don't know, understanding the COVID, wearing masks, social distancing, so on and so forth. But to ask of that to be able to increase the fans inside of the spectrum is going to be extremely, extremely difficult uh, inside of that place, especially where we still stand with COVID right now. Um, it'd be hard to do. Football, I can understand. Basketball, I'm not so sure about. Yeah, football is the outdoor sport, just you know, more air circulation, things like that. But with uh, with time between now and when basketball is in full swing and conference play, it, that's you know five months away. There's a chance that uh, a vaccine's available and people are starting to get the vaccine. And maybe it's a different situation with testing. Um, you don't have to stick the swab clear back into your brain to get the test. Oh man, I just you know oh. so. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of things that are developing and happening, and uh, hopefully there's a better understanding of what this virus is and what it isn't, and uh, how people can still be able to go out and, and attend these games. Speaking of testing, and I hope this question is the one I selected to to have it play. Uh, I believe it was you who asked about the testing situation and and such, and he gave a very very good detailed answer on how testing's going and and you know the, the amount of positives they had and, and so on and so forth. He was very open about that, which, by the way, as you and I very much appreciate. I think it's this question. If it's not, please forgive me. We'll stop it. Yeah, no kidding. So it's a right now, Utah State seems to be in a good position where they can move in that direction. Um, the, the Mountain West announced that they would have testing available for their member institutions. Uh, how has testing been going so far? Uh, and how many positive tests has Utah State experienced so far this athletic academic season? Yeah, so all the testing we've been doing so far has, has been at the institutional level. Um, and, and we, had, you know, we started testing all the way back, uh, early June when our student athletes, uh, in particular football, uh, started coming back. So you're really talking, uh, you know, uh, four months worth of testing now, four plus months worth of testing. through a contract that the Mountain West Conference has with a third party. Uh, so every school will have the same company, a company out of Texas coming in doing the testing, uh, and that will start next week, next Monday for football. Uh, those tests uh, will be three times a week um, all the way through the season. Uh, we had hoped that those were going to be antigen tests, uh, right off the, the bat, but uh, it looks like uh, due to supply and, and due to, um, you know, uh, the, the accuracy of the test uh, for the first two weeks, those are going to be PCR tests, um, you know, for our student athletes. And, and that's more than our student athletes. We will have uh, kind of our inner bubble, if you will, people who have day-to-day contact uh, with our football team. So, you know, in addition to roughly 110 student athletes, you've got a coaching staff, you've got trainers, you've got managers, uh, you've got all the video people, all of those people who have daily contact, uh, with our football program, uh, which is about 165 to 170 individuals. So they will all be tested three times a week. Uh, you know, depending on the date of our game, if we have, uh, you know, on a typical Saturday game, there will be Friday tests 
And, uh, you know, if, if there's a positive in those Friday tests, uh, that individual or those individuals uh, won't travel, won't, won't make the trip uh, for that game. So, uh, again, uh, unusual circumstances, different than we've ever experienced before, uh, but, a, but a lot of positive movement. And, uh, you know, the thing is, if, if we were to have, you know, two or three or four uh, positives or, or guys who miss games, you know, other other schools are having those same same things. So, um, you know, we we will just work through it. And, and again, the the decision to play um, was not uh, done to return to play uh, was was done after careful consideration of student athlete safety and welfare. And, and ultimately, that's that's going to be our number one priority. Uh, yes, our our kids and our coaching staff are excited to play games, but but again, uh, we're going to make sure that uh, student athlete welfare and safety are, are taken care of first and foremost. Uh, with that, traveling for you know media and such is going to be a little bit different because they want to take care of those athletes because they want to keep them away from any chance of, of of putting them in a harmful situation of getting COVID. They're going to take extreme good care of them, and so things are going to be different, especially on the traveling end for a lot of people. Um, but. Uh, grateful that he was so open and honest about the testing situation. As you heard, 60 positive tests. That's all sports, including coaching staffs, which is very, very, very key. Yeah, it's not just football, other sports, other people involved. Um, but they're they're, t- they're doing their testing, uh, and then it'll start ramping up with more as those, more of those tests become available from the Mountain West Conference. You can hear the rest of the interview on 106.9thefan.com, or you can go to our podcast just type in Eric's name or my name or uh, the Full Court Press. You'll be able to find all of it. Subscribe. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. And, again, you'll find interviews and shows galore. All of it found within there. And, again, or you can go to 1069thefan.com. All right, got to take a break. Coming back, stat player. Will yours be a New England Patriots player, Eric? Or is it going to be a Cubs player in tribute for the Cubs choking to the Marlins? Uh, neither of those. Neither of those. Oh, I'm close, though. I can feel it. Win a 65-inch 4K flat-screen TV from Lens Audio Video in the Preps Pick'em Contest, presented by The Logo Shop. Sign up to play at 1069thefan.com. Pick the weekly winners of each high school game, and you could win one of 11 weekly prizes and be entered to win the grand prize TV. Go to 1069thefan.com, and you could win. It's the Preps Pick'em Contest on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat. The premier Ear, Nose, and Throat Clinic in northern Utah is open inside the Cash Valley Hospital and a new location in Providence next to the Bank of Utah. Social distancing guidelines apply, and you can be assured each office is clean and safe. All services are now available at the Allergy Clinic, Hearing Clinic, and Ear, Nose, and Throat offices. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. Please call 753-7880 for telehealth conference calls. Stay safe from your health professionals at the Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat Clinic. This is Ryan at My Mattress. I had a friend text me the other day saying how happy he is that he bought a new mattress last month. He, like the rest of us, are spending a lot more time at home. You may even be listening to this radio ad on your mattress at home, even if it is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. No judgment here. We're practicing all safe guidelines and we're open all day, every day but Sunday. The deals have never been better. 
More than ever, isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? Only at my mattress by the South Walmart. Uh, you've been on the road for hours, covered 527 miles, listened to three podcasts, had two calls with your mom and one with your sister, and you're really hungry. And look at that. There's a McDonald's one mile up ahead meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Enjoy any size premium roast coffee or soft drink for only a dollar or get any size iced coffee for just $1.50. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. I'm here with Jay Broadband from Alpine Home Medical. I hear you have a new promotion going on as we head into colder weather. We do. From October till the end of the year, when you buy any lift chair, one of our comfortable electric beds, or a scooter from Alpine, we'll include a luxury Serenoni blanket. I love those blankets and the quality. Just like Alpine, Serenoni is a Utah-owned family company. For more information, visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Thanks for shopping local. Great Basin Graphics, like many other companies, are still making it possible for you to utilize their services while still taking the necessary precautions. Please visit greatbasingraphics.com or call 753-0295. Great Basin Graphics is happy to work with you via phone or email throughout the entire process, including the initial quote, art, and design and order approval. Curbside pickup, free delivery within 50 miles, or direct ship for additional cost are available. Great Basin Graphics loves working with you and wants to help move things forward during a difficult time. GreatBasinGraphics.com or call 753-0295. The Riverwoods Conference Center is accepting reservations for holiday parties and events, inviting you to experience an elegant holiday atmosphere with the Riverwoods Conference Center's beautiful new renovation and holiday decor. And with catering from Elements, your special occasion can include delicious entrees and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. This year, the Spring Hill Suites is offering a low $79 rate when you schedule a holiday party at the Riverwoods so you can take the elevator home after your event. To schedule, call 750-5151 or Google Riverwoods Conference Center. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. October is our anniversary month. We've been helping couples find the perfect rings for over a decade. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary dinner. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring shopping or anniversary shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have over 3,000 rings in stock, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached, no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Sweeto Burrito. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Sweeto is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Hi, this is John Horton, General Manager at ARS. COVID-19 is a mess, but it doesn't have to be. We at ARS recognize your desire to take the best care of your workspace and home in order to protect your family, staff, and other building occupants. We have certified technicians that use leading industry processes, state-of-the-art equipment and technology, and cutting-edge products when disinfecting. We understand your needs and are ready to help. Remember, got a mess? Call ARS. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the Full Court Press. Wow, that blew my mind. Derek France and LJ Salves here. We get wrapping up the uh, tonight's show with a little bit of stat that blew our mind. I'm player of the week. Let's start with the stat that blew our mind. Eric, uh, what do you got, my man? Uh, we were talking about the, the Green Bay Packers during the break there. Packers are 4-0 start the year. They have scored 30 points, in, at least 30 points, in each of those four games. 
and have zero turnovers in each of those four games. That is tied for the second longest streak in NFL history. Saucy. All right, check this out. George Springer had two two home runs today. That has now total five career postseason home runs at Dodger Stadium. Only Reggie Jackson has more postseason home runs at Dodger Stadium with six. This includes home and away players. So no Dodger of any sort and no opponent has more home runs at Dodger Stadium than Reggie Jackson and George Springer. In the postseason? In the postseason. (laughs) It's funny. That's unreal. All right, speaking of which, uh, that is my player of the week. Boy, you want to talk about a team that's been just counted out, uh, booed against, whatever, so on and so forth. George Springer in two games. Six hits, two home runs, four ribbies. That's not too shabby. That's not too shabby. How can I not choose Jimmy Butler for his performance in Game 3? He outscored, out-rebounded, out-assisted LeBron James in a finals game. That's the first time anyone has ever done that, including his teammates. Uh, Jimmy Butler scored or assisted on 73 points. That's tied for the second most in an NBA Finals game. Walt Frazier did that in uh, had 74. Uh, and uh, Jimmy Butler is the first player with a 40-point game without attempting a three since Shaquille O'Neal back in 2002. What? Only two other players have 40-point triple-doubles in the NBA Finals. LeBron James is one of them. Jerry West is the other besides Jimmy Butler now. That's bonkers. Uh, In the WNBA Finals, the Seattle Storm are just one win away from capturing the championship. They lead uh, by nine over, is it Las Vegas? Las Vegas Aces? Yes, Las Vegas Aces, 43-34 right now. A half is uh, where we stand there. Final. Have you watched any WNBA games? Uh, one, and I actually really enjoyed it, to be honest with you. It was I, I have not watched any of them. I, it just doesn't interest me. But maybe I should watch them and say, oh, this is some fun basketball. You're that kind of a guy, huh? No, I just... <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of other sports I don't watch, too. <laughs> uh, it went final Houston over Oakland 5-2. They now lead that series 2-0, one win away from the ALCS. A place where nobody in the baseball world wanted them to be is where they're now about to be at. So uh, A's are likely to be swept here. Again, final uh, for in Los Angeles, Atlanta over Miami 9-5. They lead that series 1-0. They play tomorrow at noon. The Yankees in Tampa Bay play at 6-10 Mountain Time. Uh, Yankees lead that series 1-0. And Wait, Dog- oh, sorry. Go ahead. And Dodgers and Padres at 7:38 Mountain Time on FS1. Uh, they'll about to get their uh, NLDS underway. Some news about the Miami Heat. Looks like Bam Adebayo is a go for tonight. That okay. has been confirmed. They've been doing shoot-arounds and doing some tests. What about Dragic? And he is confirmed. It looks like Dragic, uh, he did not participate in the earlier shoot-around, but he did participate in some warm-ups. Okay. And it looks like he's a no-go. They did some lateral stuff, side-to-side stuff, and uh, okay. after a few steps, he was done. That he had like the, I mean, just just side steps. That's it. I mean, he was just trying to like, or I guess you know, using his footwork, and he four steps in. He's like, no, I'm out. According to Tim Reynolds, Goran Dragic went laterally once in an effort to guard Chris Quinn during the warm up. 
Those three or four <laughs> steps ended the workout and made it clear. You know what happened is Quinker's like, oh, I'm going to show up Drogic right here, right here before the biggest game. I'm going to cross him over. And then, like, broke his ankle or something like that. And Drogic is now out for the series, probably. No, just to warm up. Chris Quinn is his teammate. Just want to see what he can do. He and probably crossed him over. Feet aren't there yet. <laughs> Uh, and Darvin Ham seems to be a leading candidate for the Clippers and the Pacers, so maybe a race to see who wants him the most. He's an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. So wait, he's a leading candidate for the Clippers too? He's one of just a few people left on their list, on the short list. I know they were high on Tyrone Lue. Wow, that's saying something. Hey, how about Russell Westbrook giving away or giving uh, an $8,000 tip for the Grand Arian Hotel in Florida for all their work while he was in the bubble? A uh, classy move. Eight Say grand. what you want about the character of that guy on the court, but that shows a lot of character. Yeah, who else gave eight court? grand as a tip? Especially some of these guys who are uh, staying there longer because classy they're in move. The NBA finals. Classy uh, move. You have Lakers tonight. Is that right? By what'd you say? Yeah, five? Lakers by five. I think it'll be close. Bam will help Miami, but I think ultimately Anthony Davis will have a bigger chip on his shoulder and will play motivated, and that'll be hard for Miami to overcome. I have Lakers by six. They're favored by seven tonight. Seven o'clock Mountain Time, game four. Good night, everybody.